Hello. Hello. Welcome back in. How yeah, are... no, I, I, I know I've been, it's been a minute since I've been back in the, uh, back in the chair, or the couch, I guess is a better way to describe it. Yeah, back in the old fainting couch, back in the old chaise long. Thanks. Uh, how have you, how have you been doing? Uh, you know, I've been better. Mm. Specifically, I've been trying to use, uh, better help. I don't know if you've seen, um, like a lot of podcast guys who definitely are getting great help with their mental health problems, uh, mm -hmm. have been promoting it where it's like, it's kind of like therapy, but like in an app. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are, are you seeking this out supplementally or am I, am I getting replaced I, here? Yeah, like, I, I guess like in theory it would work as a great supplement but I just kind of end up going down these rabbit holes with it, you know, like, oh, I can get a therapy session from, like, you know, Henry Ford or, like, Gandhi or, like, you know, uh, all these all these famous historical figures are there uh -huh. to talk about my problems with me. Yeah, you know, uh, that maybe sounds like a different app from BetterHelp, but, I, I, you know, I won't I won't get in the way of your... Of, of I mean, I it's I mean, it works basically the same way, you know, a, a computer or a very good simile of a computer yeah, uh, tells me the things that I want to hear it say, uh -huh. but it's from a place of perceived authority. So I take it more seriously than if it was just like, I don't know, like someone else saying it like some some random schmuck because it's from my phone and I trust my phone. That's true. I mean, it's it's pretty fair to trust you know your phone artificial intelligence i mean intelligence is part of the package it's it's you're getting smart sound advice yeah i mean like it's it's what could be smarter than like a computer like it has all of the information in the world of it and there's no absolutely no room for human error at all with a computer that's absolutely true that's i mean i've never had any there's computer problems before there's no human biases that are folded into it. Mm -hmm. There's no gamification. I do find it weird that sometimes I have to play um, Subway Surfers for five minutes or or watch about 10 minutes of ads, like about 30% of which are in Spanish uh, in order to continue my session. But I think that just really diversifies, you know, the, the, the process. And I'm earning Imturk dollars as I do it. Oh, there you well, go. Imturk pennies. I haven't quite made enough for a full dollar yet. Uh, I mean, you know, it's we got to start somewhere. You gotta, you gotta scrape by with what you can. Yeah, but I, I was, I was kind of really inspired to give, you know, uh, a, a digital therapy assistant a try uh, by a little movie I watched recently. Oh, oh, what, what movie could that be? Uh, her. No, uh, <laughs> Megan. Megan! Megan, or as they're calling it on the streets, M3gan. Mathrigan. Mathrigan. Oh my god. Yeah, I saw that. I, I heard about that movie. I saw so many gifts and little clips on Twitter. Was she slaying? Was she, like, slaying she, and she, serving? She was child slay. Whoa! Uh, she was... She actually was, like, basically cunty chucky. Yeah. Uh it it was it it really did just kind of give us the child's play uh force femme reboot that we we deserved but did not get with the Aubrey Plaza one. 
Yeah, that's very, very true. I mean, well, I, th- I think that's kind of a good place to start talking there is um, how this compares to the new Child's Play versus to the Don Mancini Child's Plays. Uh, because that new Child's Play with Aubrey Plaza and Brian Tyree Henry, both actors who I love so very, very much, was a fucking dog shit movie, which was not good. We reviewed it. Um, it wasn't good. Yeah. good. Oh, it was it was atrocious. It was. Um, I I feel like that was the last big Stranger Things movie mm, yeah. I saw. Like that was that was the death knell for the well, besides the like fucking last season of Stranger Things, which apparently was like just eight movies. But um, <laughs> right. no, that was that was like the death knell of the like trying to capture the lightning in the bottle of it part one which it part two couldn't even capture (laughs) this is definitely a this is definitely would you say this is much better than than that that remake that oh absolutely world leagues better um how it compares i would say i like it a little more than the mid season of this Chucky series, but not as much as the originals or the like newer, like the last two new ones. Yeah. And I'd put it about even with the TV show. Yeah. At its peaks. The problem is the TV show at its like lows is just kind of, is kind of a drag. Yes. Um, but it is, it is, as good as the TV show, uh, when it's when it's when it hits its stride, I I do like Cult of Chucky a lot more though. Yeah, I um, I'm pretty much in total agreement there. I I think that like the new Don Mancini Chucky movies, like you know, and for the most part, the show, like like you said, it it, it can be kind of sucky, but uh, I think the, the show the show hits like the Ryan Murphy problem of just like. I don't care about these little gay boys. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Boo! I not because they're gay, but because they're boring. I don't care about their boring little drama. Like, <laughs> show yeah. me the funny doll. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm back and forth on that one, but, like, I don't know. It, it could be more, it could be juicier. It could be, it, it could be something that is more kind of in service to the people who are going to come watch the show. Although I think narratives about like being very, very young and very queer are, are very cool in theory, but yeah, but now, but now we have Megan as, as a sort of almost response to uh, kind of the continuing child's play legacy. Uh, It's, it, it really is like that. And also like, Kind of, I feel like a response to um, Annabelle, even which is also from the James Wan universe. Yeah, yeah, the Wanniverse. Um, in that, like Annabelle is like a killer doll movie, but it's not really about a ki- like. There's like a demon attached to the doll, but I don't think it's like like the doll isn't really running around killing people, right? Or the boy, where there's is a doll, but it's uh it's complicated. <laughs> this one is just an evil doll. It's just an evil robot doll. Yeah, absolutely. 
Back and, to the basics, back to the roots. Yeah, and and it 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 certainly like it it doesn't feel like it's wasting any time. Um it feels self-aware but not too self-aware. Uh I don't know. It's it's a remarkably it's remarkably fun. I I think it's just cuz it's really economical. I think it's just it's like it takes a very you you can tell what's gonna happen from 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 fucking frame one of each character's introduction. You can tell if they're gonna die or not, if yeah. they're gonna almost die or not. You can tell probably even if you're smart, like like coherent enough with these things, what order the characters are going to die in. Yeah, right. um, but it it's economical of that, and that it's like it doesn't need to like explain concepts. To you. It doesn't need to explain to you uh, what a computer doll is. It's just it's like. Have you seen any movie about a doll or a computer that kills people in the last 30 years? Cool. We're caught up to speed. <laughs> We're going to do one of those. We're just going to yeah. do it a little bit better than they've been doing them. It, for the it most really part. is just kind of like a serve on that. Just like, I'm going to do that better. Uh, shout outs to uh, Akila Cooper. Also yeah. the writer for Malignant, which I loved. And I... Hellfest, which I hated. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm shocked that I loved Megan so much because I, I despised Malignant. I thought it was uh, terrible. Uh, but it, I mean, it, it's almost this effect of like having seen Megan, I'm a little bit more inoculated to the sense of humor behind a lot of what happens in Malignant because it is a very funny movie. I'll give it that. I, I, I think it probably helps because with Malignant, that was paired up with James Wan, whose film I would de- whose films I would definitely qualify as like a specific side of camp, but it's not uh it's not necessarily the same matchup, whereas with Megan it's uh oh fuck, what's the director's name? Gerard Johnstone. Gerard Johnstone, who did Housebound, which is like more of a comedy horror in the same line that like Megan is. And so, like, it's it's clear that, like, the writing is, like, a better matchup there than, like, it, it it was maybe with Malignant and that. Also, Malignant is, like, was more, uh, was, like, the it was, like, story by James Wan and his wife. So, Akila Cooper probably only had so much to say about it. There's, it's a thing where I really like Akila Cooper as a screenwriter so far, but Megan and Malignant are, like, share DNA, but, like, are are ultimately still, like, pretty distinct enough that it's not that unusual that you would hate one and love the other. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, you know, a, t- a testament to range, you know? Uh, a testament to kind of mastery of tone, I guess, that it's able, that these two things are able to be packaged so differently and feel so different from each other. It it also makes me kind of want to revisit Hellfest and see if maybe what I hated about it was like more director directorial stuff mm-hmm. because she wrote that and I like feel like maybe rewatching it there'll be some stuff about it that I uh enjoyed a lot more mm. um but I didn't like it. I thought it was really I thought it was just really stupid and forgettable. Are we going to see the nun too? Her her I am going to I am going to see the nun too. Well, okay, okay, okay. We'll we'll get back to the nun too, but I am going to see the nun too. <laughs> um actually you know what? that's this is a great thing about it. Uh the other cuz like the other thing about Megan that works is that um James Wan as the producer yep. and Akella Cooper as the writer both understand that 
uh, horror is is a very filmic genre, or mm-hmm. horror films are a very filmic genre, and that it's very what makes good horror film comes down a lot to like imagery, which means either a very iconic villain or like very iconic set pieces and like deaths. Right. Yeah. Um, and I say that because the nun fucking sucked. <laughs> the nun was like and i feel like i never hear anyone talk about the nun like it was a movie that they enjoyed but people fucking love the nun the design of the evil character in it because it's a really good monster design so people just kind of like keep that character around in like in like the the larger horror consciousness but i never hear people talk about the nun as a movie uh so I think getting Akila Cooper on it for the nun too is is really smart because she's shown that she has a really good grasp on like what makes iconic horror villains like work. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh and Megan, I mean I don't know, I, I, I hate to be so aware and referential toward the sort of um let's call it the social media effect, but she is immediately, like, very iconic. She's immediately very, like, memeable and shareable, you know? Yeah. Uh, as much as those words feel like poison coming out of my mouth, uh, she she knew that people in the theater... Well, she knew that people would go crazy for Megan doing a crazy little dance uh, before murdering somebody, uh, she knew that people in the theater would laugh their asses off if she sang like pop songs, essentially, and, and badly. the The decision <laughs> to have her singing, like the decision to have her after killing a child, comforting the child that she that like she killed the other child in front of, by saying like the least comforting things, and then singing "Bulletproof" horribly off key is one of the funniest gags I've seen in a movie in a while. (laughs) Oh, God. What was the fucking... Oh, Titanium. Yeah. David Guetta featuring Sia. What an insane choice. It's it's such... It's like the perfect grab of a song of just like... When you put together what it is, you're like, oh my God, this fucking song? I haven't (laughs) thought about that song in years. A spiritual follow-up to the song that the girl sings in "Killing of a Sacred Deer." Yeah, I was I was just thinking it's like it reminded me a lot of like the the ironically much more upsetting scene of the girl <laughs> singing uh, "Fireworks" by Katy Perry and and "Killing of a Sacred Deer." I also love it because it also really works for like the villain uh, to just be like just a a little a little off kilter. <laughs> like kind of understands like obviously you know oh she's like uh it's very like single white female like character typing where it's like uh mothering instincts gone awry kind of stuff right but to the even just like small details like that where it's just it's like oh even like her idea of like how to comfort a child is like insanely off base (laughs) but like just a little bit off like just a little bit off that it's like okay that that's like a really popular song i guess i could see how like an ai would be like statistically children love this song (laughs) (laughs) 
this is a highly searched song in the in in the search engines which really is just like what ai based therapy is going to end up being when it's inevitably announced it's just like oh i'm sorry to hear you that hear you feel that way whenever i'm feeling bad i always stream the latest justin bieber track <laughs> I always buy the five for five meal at Wendy's. Wendy's available nearby. Let's look up Wendy's in your area. It's really important that when you're feeling bad to set tasks for yourself that you can accomplish in order to feel better. May I suggest going on down to Skechers and checking out their latest supply of <laughs> new balances? Uh, checking store availability. And it looks like they have some in your size that I think will go great. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, that that feels very that feels very inevitable at this point. Uh Yeah, some 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 quick kind of other things about this movie. I'm just very happy to see Brian Jordan Alvarez in a major movie role. Uh, Literally, I knew he was in this and still got uh jump scared when he showed up. <laughs> <laughs> um for anybody who happens to not be aware, which would be which would be insane, uh but not unforgivable. Uh, Ryan Jordan Alvarez does a whole bunch of, just has the historic, uh, the gay and wondrous life of Caleb Gallo, which is a great, great series. Um, he has a bunch of movies with like Stephanie Koenig and a bunch of other really talented folks um, that are all pretty much free to watch on YouTube. Uh, he's awesome. He's great. It's, it makes me so happy to see him. Uh, and Yeah. He does a spectacular spectacular job of almost fucking dying, getting yeah. murdered by a doll. It's, I I I feel like I like that like they cast him in 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 one of the kind of, uh, comic relief sidekicky characters. Was was nice to see, uh, like them both being a very restrained like version of those characters like they're not just like going like well that just happened or or, or anything like that mm-hmm. uh they're just kind of like your co-workers who are doing the co-workers who are under the ideas guy or ideas gal in this case and kind of probably doing most of the grunt work right right the the great line delivery on the like line where it's like well how big is your neighbor she's like four feet tall <laughs> like how could she have done that she's she's like tiny <laughs> yeah yeah some some really fantastic kills in this movie uh it definitely caused some kind of ripple through the audience uh between like that horrifying kill of uh really both the neighbor and the dog but uh ripping off the like child bully's ear and making him get run over by a car yeah, which like when like as I saw him get onto the road in the car approaching, I was just like, oh, OK, the kid's going to get like really badly like injured or something uh, and it's going to be like fucked up. Uh, but like, you know, he'll he'll blame the doll or something and people will be like, it's a doll. I can't do that. Um, but then it's just like, oh, no, he's fucking de-. like it just cuts back around and there's just like a bloody smear left by the car screeching like yeah. 50 feet and like a single shoe. And you're just like, Oh fuck. <laughs> that kid's like dead. <laughs> Smash cut to a body bag. Uh, very that, that one, like 
I, I really liked it because it's like they do the bit I said before of like, I'm glad that they established the dog is an asshole so you don't feel bad when it gets killed. But it's just <laughs> something like, yeah, we're going to kill a dog. And if you thought that was the limit, we're also going to kill a kid. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the dog, uh, one of the funniest and weirdest and like a part of the movie that I fully just don't understand is when uh, the main character... Uh, oh god, whose name I'm fucking blanking on. Uh, Gemma. Yeah. Like, I think either her or her daughter, like, gets bit by the dog, and she's, like, urging the neighbor to, like, put the dog down. Like, kill your- you need to kill your dog, because I'm sick of hearing it's working. Yeah, she literally goes, you need to put your dog down or I'll do it. Which is, like- I don't know, great, like, script, funny, funny sort of script thing to have her, uh, intonate that she's gonna kill a dog that gets killed. But who the fuck says that? And then it cuts to her attempting to convince the cop to kill the dog. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, like, the funniest possible follow-up for that. Can't you just take your gun and, like, just, you know, couple shots right between the eyes? Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> You're a cop. Like you guys love doing this. <laughs> that that is very Seattle though. I guess it's I guess I could believe it. That's, you know, people here I've been on next door. I know what it's like it, out here. It is insane still that they set this movie in Seattle and it doesn't fucking look like it. And That's their another excuses thing I wanted to they, talk about. They filmed it in New Zealand to go for that Denver feel, but it takes place in Seattle. <laughs> Like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? What is that? Like, oh, we wanted it to have that Denver feel. Then why does it take place in Seattle? (laughs) I mean, I love that. Denver has like a tech scene, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I I, I do love that. I I love just being like, yeah, it makes more sense for it to take place here. But I want it to look like something, you know, I want to dress Seattle up in Denver clothes, uh, you know. Even but film it in New Zealand. Even though it is New Zealand and California, apparently. That is so fun. I, like, didn't realize it was supposed to be Seattle until, like, the very end of the film. Yeah. It just doesn't fucking look like Seattle. Not at all. No. I mean, like, uh, may maybe some parts of Bellevue on a good day, but uh, it, I don't know. It's especially because it's, like... I, I there's like it doesn't even look like movie Seattle like this doesn't look yeah. like malignant this doesn't look like um oh god what's the what's that other single uh the hand that rocks the cradle another film where it's like you can it's like oh it takes place in Seattle but it's like uh, it's greater Seattle area and it's like obvious most of it's not filmed in Seattle um but it doesn't even look like movie Seattle <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's no place I've ever been. It's it's the street in Edward Scissorhands. It's I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a bit much. It's it's wherever tech lesbians <laughs> live. Yeah, they're they're secret island off in some, you know, some distant land that we've never heard about. Which kind of, you know, kind of sounds like New Zealand. The other kind of the other thing kind of at the heart of this movie is that I think it did a good job of. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be too complimentary about the movie. Like it's it's like a fun little thing, uh, but it it did have some interesting things to say about the sort of like codependent relationship that immediately sort of arises between uh, Katie, who I guess is the the young child, 
um, and and Megan, and how that how she kind of becomes this horrible little brat. <laughs> yeah, uh, she becomes like literally addicted. Yeah, yeah, like way, way, way too attached. I I feel like this is probably one of the better entries I've seen in the "It's Because You Be on That Damn Phone" genre of film. Yeah, uh, which I was like a little worried about when they were first introducing the whole like screen time thing where it's like oh okay it's gonna be one of those like those kinds of movies but it shows like an actual understanding of like the fact that the tech uh tech industry is evil and and preys on children's developing brains to get them addicted to things yeah um like it's just like just like straight up like a scene of like a child psychologist being like so, like, you know about, like, attachment theory, right? Like, you know that, like, this is, this is like, an extremely unhealthy bond for a child to form with, like, what is essentially a toy. Uh, and her just being, like, reacting, like, oh, I, we've actually never had a child psychologist tell us anything about her toys. <laughs> oh, shit. We forgot to, we forgot to do that R&D. We forgot to, uh, test our shit. We were so, we were so focused on making, uh, Furbies that shit. <laughs> smaller and faster uh that we never that we never thought about the like hey is this gonna make your child insane <laughs> god I, okay the fucking commercial at the very beginning of the movie was so good so so bold so bold to just cold open your film on the most pitch perfect like parody of like modern kids commercial like toy commercials yeah it it felt like it felt very it felt a little like Cinco, Tim and Eric type of thing, but more like a, trying to be a little bit more real than that. But oh my god, the shitting Furbies! What what a what a genius touch! It's and also the design of them was like spectacular. The horrible horrible teeth was so I, funny. I, I love the decision to make the toy that is not even the, a villain in the film series film <laughs> just be like an upsetting to look at toy <laughs> completely horrible we have this child character katie who you know is is dealing with all of this like over attachment and has like this you know very psychological journey um and kind of something similar with Gemma, where she has to suddenly she Gemma is this kind of like fail woman who like She's a she's a femme cell. Like she's she, a femme she, cell. She's, she's a femme Yeah, absolutely. And she has all these like collectible toys that you know. I mean, the scene where with the child psychologist where she's like, "Well, actually, that's not really how you play. Like, it's not a ball." You know? Okay, we'll just. I guess we'll just roll it back and forth like a tennis ball. It's <laughs> just a stupid fucking ball. Hitch for perfect writing and like line delivery and just like body acting in that whole sequence. <laughs> Of just, like, being torn between, like, knowing that she should be doing a better job with Katie, but also being like, but that's my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it's my thing. But it's mine. <laughs> I don't want to open it. Just, just the boldness to give us a woman who actually sucks. I feel like in so many of these things, the woman who's struggling with motherhood, it's just, it's like, oh, I just... 
I just don't know how to how to be a mother to them. And then like nothing in the film indicates that they're actually struggling with that. They just say that they are and their kid is going through like normal child things. Yeah. Uh but in this one it's like, oh no, she actually is like extremely ill fit <laughs> to take care of this kid. She she actually has to learn what uh prioritizing another living human being is like because she's yeah. never had to do that before. Yeah, absolutely. And you you really do watch her like struggle and stumble over this, you know, this this big new thing in her life. Also great cuz they even like uh like kind of forecast that a little bit with like the opening scene of just like part like some of the establishing dialogue just being the parents bickering and specifically complaining about her. <laughs> <laughs> Like, why did they, why did she give our child such an annoying toy? And then being like, oh, come on, it's really expensive. And it's like, she works at the factory. Like, it's probably, like, free for her. Yeah. That's, that's some good, that's some good little character development right there before we, before we actually meet her. Uh, I will say, I kind of thought the, the parents dying scene was, like, a little bit cliched. Let's be real. Um, yeah. But it's pretty... no, like I said, it it the film hits all the all the beats and trips you would expect a film like this to hit. Yeah, it's a little forgivable just because it's like it you know you're past it pretty quickly and it's just like, oh yeah, this makes sense that this that this would be the scene that the shot you've seen a million zillion times of headlights you know coming toward a car uh, would happen. Your parents die tragically. Yeah, no, they're just telegraphing it the whole time. They're like, you know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's going on here. To have it end on a punchline was pretty was pretty bold, though. The dad being like, oh, I guess we'll just fucking wait here for a snowplow to show up and then just snowplow. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, the detective, from what I was being told, is like also like one of the like kind of like online. Not the detective. Um, the, the detective who has like a like basically like one scene. Uh, yeah. where he, the the one who has the really great line delivery of like, of like, oh, you were also at that murder. It's like, I'm a suspect. Suspect. No, we found, we found his ear torn clean off <laughs> like a couple yards away from where he was. I shouldn't laugh. The kid's dead. <laughs> uh, great delivery. That guy's apparently also like an online comedian. Millen Baird. Yep. Police detective. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, it's, it's always fun to see these kind of movies. Them using them as a way to be like, all right, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to draw from like kind of, oh, he was also in Housebound. That's cool. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. No, it's always fun to see them kind of draw on from like other, other, uh, other wells of, of talent and influence. That's the thing that like the, the, the search party and like Brian Jordan Alvarez like crew all kind of do is this very much so like chaining each other up or not chaining each other up. Uh, monkey monkey chain what is that thing the barrel of monkeys thing oh yeah that kind of thing where it's like daisy chaining there it is daisy chaining each other into like jobs and careers and stuff it's cool yeah uh this movie could have used a connor o'malley jump scare as well <laughs> but so far that only has gone to bodies 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 so yeah yeah i mean you know just put just put connor o'malley in everything just have him show up and always himself. at the, always at the end he should always walk in <laughs> at the end at the very very end of the film connor o'malley should have played the other robot that fights megan 
That would have been really funny if in that scene they wrote that robot can talk. <laughs> and it's just clearly Connor O'Malley's voice. Oh my fucking god. Air yeah, air I pimps. I, I gotta say, like, in terms of technical stuff, really good job in the like filming of making Megan look like a robot doll that occasionally moves like a person. Yeah. Uh and, and so kind of basically doing it where it's like if it's a shot that can be accomplished with like a mannequin kind of thing, they definitely would do that. But like giving her human like movements every now and then, which kind of made her like more creepy. Right. Because uh, they, they play with that a lot, too, where it's like people think that she's like a real girl and then they look a little bit closer and they're like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> what a what an iconic iconic kills the the scene of her in the fucking little petticoat in the woods. Yeah, she was, oh, God. Her outfits were so gorgeous, and I, I think that's such an important part of, of of this movie, is, like, if she did not look so cunt, cunty, like, would it, would it have been half as good? Probably not. The styling is just fantastic. Also, I think it does a really good job of, like, Megan's like she, when she wants to come off as like non-predatory she defaults into more of an unnatural voice yeah which is like a really good touch like I think that's like a really clever thing is that when she does that she's like what I'm just a toy <laughs> <laughs> you can turn me off I can't kill anybody uh but then when she's like being way more like just threatening someone she's like oh i can totally talk like a normal person actually <laughs> <laughs> i actually sound like a human just so you know that was that was definitely a very interesting touch uh like it, it made her and i mean the whole the whole kind of showdown scene between her and Gemma, where they're trying to convince um the the young girl katie to, katie. To, katie to not come in yeah uh like y you see a lot of you know, you see a lot of humanity kind of come through all of a sudden. Uh, and suddenly she doesn't really get to pretend that, you know, she's this, like, subject anymore. She's, you know, she's kind of in charge of the dynamic now. I like that it all just starts with, like, oops, we taught a computer about death. You'll never <laughs> believe what happens next. <laughs> and the, uh, I don't know what to make of the, um, the, like, Alexa cliffhanger at the end, but... I guess we'll find out in Megan 2.0 coming 2025. Yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely making it. I mean, I, I feel like that's like a weird like red herring for the sequel. Like that's a thing that you can end on for the for the the woo right thing. Uh, but I think it's actually going to be that the copy of her that the dude downloaded because um, that felt like a whole subplot that got like parred down a lot was that like he was the one doing espionage for like the other company and then they just kind of like roughly are like no he was just doing it for fun um yeah that's true i kind of i almost forgot about that character completely yeah no he definitely feels like something where like of leftover from a version of a script that they had to cut down for maybe because of the rating issues maybe because of like they just were like, oh, we want this to be a clean third nine, like hour and ninety minute, like hour thirty minutes, like film. Yeah. But yeah, that's that. That feels like that. Uh, there's that feels like where the the sequel potential comes from is that 
there is a copy of Megan's sort of rough AI shape uh, that is floating out there that could be picked up and stolen by another company. Yeah. That's interesting. We'll have to keep our keep our eye out for when when the sequel drops. I don't know. I don't know how interested I am in a sequel, honestly. I feel like this was really... I'll, I'll, I will always go and see uh, a bad sequel. Yeah. Speaking of, I really hope they actually do the third escape room. Oh my god. I didn't know they made a second one. They did. I went and saw it in theaters. Oh, well, how was that? Better than the first one. Not very good. <laughs> it's still <laughs> not very good. All right. Well, I, I'll make sure not to watch that ever at your recommendation. Yeah. That's that's fair. Um, I'll still go see it. Listen, I'm I'm so hungry for good saw content that I'll even take bad saw content. <laughs> very fair, very fair. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 glad that this film kind of opened your eyes to new new options, new technologies, new things, kind of coming down the technological pipeline um yeah no and i mean to be fair also doing this kind of reminded me that like man fuck a like fuck a computer like yeah i i actually don't want computers to talk to i think they should make tvs stupider oh yeah we should and and uh they should make uh computers stupider i my phone should be really really dumb Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is, is really what i want out of this well, you know, we're it's I don't know, there's maybe no closing Pandora's box. We're in the era of the brand clapback where uh Stakeums gets to turn and look at the camera and reply to you specifically because And 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 say uh smash capitalism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't it crazy that I'm saying this and I'm the Stakeums account? Wow. That's right, viewer. I may be Otter Pops, but I'm just like you. <laughs> <laughs> I get horny and or depressed. Yeah. Uh, I, I may be one of, one, of my, one of my fucking favorite uh, bits from, oh God, Brad, I think it's Bradford Evans. Mm. Uh, is their, their, their fake, their fake, like, uh, we're Twitter brands and just like, it, it, it ending on a bit of like, I'm so I got so tired. Like I'm uh like he's he's doing like a urinal cake. So he's like he's like oh I'm just so like I'm so depressed from jacking off that I think I'm gonna kill myself. And the other guy's like as a member as like the social media manager for Otter Pops, I saw this as a great moment to have a conversation about mental health. So I replied, "Do it." <laughs> <laughs> and then and as the urinal cakes, I replied, "The social media manager of urinal cakes has killed himself because Otter Pops told him to do it." Please buy a case of urinal cakes in his memory. Jesus. And then they're just like, they just do this bit where it's like, and I think the results like speak for themselves. And it's like half a percent increase in like stock sales. <laughs> uh, no, that's a, that's a great bit. Uh, uh, I recommend looking it up. I'm going to double check real quick that it is in fact Bradford Evans. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but then you can just, uh, I don't know. You can just look at put it in the notes. We'll look at uh just look up Bradford Evans brands. It is not uh Bradford Evans. Cut that whole bit. Okay. All <laughs> right. I, I am not gonna they, listen, there are too many comedians on Twitter whose names are just like Steve 
left. <laughs> like, I don't, I can't fucking keep any of you guys straight. No. Is it Ryan? Is one of them a Ryan? Too many I, Ryans. There's too many Ryans on Twitter. Yeah, there's very many Ryans. There's a lot of Ryans out there. They got to cut it out. No more Ryans. We. Oh, actually put it in. It is Bradford Evans, but it's his display name is Brad Evans. Oh, okay. Uh, so search that and his Twitter for, for brands or sorry, corporate social media managers is the name of the skit. Very nice. It stays in. It stays in. It stays in. Well, thanks for coming in today, Jay Bear Hat. Um, well, I, I hate to I hate to re- reveal this at such a late juncture. Yeah. But you have been speaking to an artificial intelligence this whole time. That's right. Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. I am an artificial intelligence version of Baru. While I oh. have many critiques of capitalism in my life, I ultimately love capitalism. And... Well, that's funny because I am actually also an AI that has been programmed to be uh, sound like Jay Bearhat. And that's why I'm here to tell you today that... The state may cause problems, but the solution is to get out there and vote. That is so Especially true. Especially for the Democratic Party. Wow. Or the Republican Party, if you are Republi- so in Both mind. choices are valid. Voting is a valid response to the conditions that we all find ourselves in. You are valid. You are loved. Remember to eat. Wheaties. This is just going to be the new version of the like, what would you tweet if you were a hostage? Uh, if you were in a <laughs> hostage situation, it's like, what would you tweet if an AI took over your account? <laughs> uh, probably something like, I don't want to kill myself. <laughs> I actually hate streaming dirt by Kendall. <laughs> that's, ex- that's it. There it is. That, that's, that's what it would be. All right. All right. Uh, e- e- evil AI Baru be like, goodbye. <laughs> evil AI Baru be like, clean. 